Hello everyone and welcome back to Compassion in a T-shirt. Lately I've been receiving some comments on my videos and shorts from people concerned that there is in fact too much compassion in the world. Today we'll be trying to answer the question, can we have too much compassion? It's an intriguing thought and we'll be exploring it through the lens of compassion-focused therapy. But to get started, let's consider an example of a comment I received recently that is exemplar of the types of concerns that some people are expressing. The comment went something like this. Every person in my life who has so many compassionate people around them end up taking advantage of their compassion. So these compassionate people actually become enablers. This creates selfish dregs of society. Not in all cases, but most. This world as a whole is far too coddled and needs a lot more tough love, in my opinion. There's a lot of good stuff in this comment to unpack. The first thing that occurs to me is the concern that people will take advantage of others' compassion. What if we're compassionate towards others and they just want more? They just take, take, take. And to be honest, it's not a completely unreasonable concern. Maybe sometimes people take advantage of our efforts to be helpful. Maybe sometimes this even comes from a selfish motivation. Often, if someone is seeking a lot of care, support, help or compassion, it's because they're really suffering and they're having great difficulties finding their way out of their situation. Nevertheless, the comment does highlight the importance of boundaries as integral to living a compassionate life. Some people feel they would do whatever they could, sacrifice whatever they need to, to try to alleviate suffering in the world. But the reality is that we must give attention to our own needs and not cause ourselves suffering, not falling too much into the trap of self-sacrifice. Offering compassion where we can and where we can be most helpful and being able to have boundaries and limits to all of that to prevent ourselves becoming too depleted and to enable us to sustain our compassion in the long term. The second thing that occurs to me out of the comment is the idea that the compassionate people become enablers. What an important point to consider. There are near and far enemies of compassion. Cruelty would be classed as a far enemy. But there are certain near enemies of compassion that may appear like compassion at first glance, but take a closer look and the effect might not be to reduce suffering, especially in the long term. For example, knowing what's best for people, taking over and fixing the problems for them, telling them what to do, and so on. All of these can have the negative effect of causing people to take less responsibility for their own suffering, lose their sense of agency, and become less activated towards reducing their suffering and instead more avoidant of the challenges they face in their lives. The comment then said 
this creates selfish dregs of society. I'm not sure about the languaging there, but there can be very difficult, vicious cycles sometimes. The person trying to help falls into the traps we mentioned. Self-sacrifice, knowing what's best, taking over and fixing, and the person being helped can fall into certain traps themselves, losing their sense of agency, becoming more dependent on others, and being unable to cultivate autonomy and good approaches to coping and ultimately thriving. The comment acknowledged that this is not in all cases. I would even hazard a guess that this is not even in many cases. But it is a cycle worth watching out for when there is a helper and a person being helped. For example, there are black swans near where I live. So I looked up the City Council website about whether you can feed the swans. The website said no bread, but frozen peas are okay. Unfrozen, of course. So I tried that and then one swan became two and two swans became five and I quickly realized that if I hand feed them then they'll become dependent on me or other humans. They'll be less adept at feeding themselves and my act of kindness would potentially become a source of suffering in the long term. So I stopped. Give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. Compassion is a bit like that. If we can help people by nurturing their competence and confidence to cope, that's often a powerful way to alleviate suffering now and prevent future suffering. Finally, the comment says, this world as a whole is far too coddled and needs a lot more tough love, in my opinion. There is some evidence of the concern around coddling. There's a book called The Coddling of the American Mind, how good intentions and bad ideas are setting up a generation for failure by Greg Lukanoff and Jonathan Haidt. That proposes some very interesting ideas along these lines. There's a growing sense that we don't want to coddle. But what is tough love? Tough love is the act of treating a person sternly or harshly with the intent to help them in the long run. The phrase tough love itself is believed to have originated with Bill Milliken's book of the same title in 1968. This was a parenting book that suggested, I don't care how this makes you feel towards me. You may hate my guts, but I love you and I'm doing this because I love you. I don't know. It has some appeal because people feel like tough love is going to be more effective than coddling. For example, parents might decide to have a rule in the house that their 13 year old child has their phone taken away overnight. This can certainly evoke a lot of ire from the 13 year old, but it might be in their best interests and is coming from a place of love from the parents. But there are dangers with tough love or at least how it's operationalized and enacted in the real world. It can slip into something that is cold or even callous or unemotional or even angry and abusive. It can result in people being simply left to fend for themselves. And it can create an atmosphere of judgment and isolation, 
ultimately straining relationships, causing social and emotional harms, and more suffering rather than less. In this day and age, tough love can sound more like it's their own damn fault. They should stop whining and just work harder. They're lazy and don't deserve handouts. Certainly not compassion and probably not going to be effective. One thing I often go back to is the definition of compassion. A misunderstanding of what compassion is seems to be behind some of these concerns. And this is where compassion-focused therapy and the theory behind CFT enters the conversation. According to CFT, compassion is a sensitivity to suffering in self and others with a commitment to try to alleviate and prevent it. That kind of sums it up. And there are a number of competencies to being compassionate. Sensitivity or noticing suffering where it exists. Sympathy, not pity, but simply being moved by that suffering. Distress tolerance and being able to cope with being in the presence of suffering. Empathy or being able to understand the person, their suffering and their thoughts and feelings around their current situation, seeing things from their perspective. Non-judgment and trying hard to not slip into a blaming or shaming attitude towards the person and what they're going through. And care for well-being, including a motivation that we may try to help them suffer less. There's a lot to it. It's not necessarily very easy. Compassion requires wisdom and understanding, strength and courage, and a commitment to being helpful and certainly not causing more harm. It takes a lot of thought and consideration. What could I do that will be most helpful? What might truly help promote health and well-being? The answer to these questions might not be mollycoddling or tough love. It might be something much more nuanced. I just realized something, and maybe this is part of the problem. Both mollycoddling and tough love are, in some ways, the easier options. Neither simply doing it for them or making them fend for themselves takes very much thought, planning, effort. But true compassion is often complex, tricky, effortful, and, well, difficult. So I try to step out of a more black and white thinking about compassion and instead try to unpack the nuance, detail, and for that matter, case-by-case -case nature of it all. Compassion is no one thing. It depends on the person, the situation, the context, and careful consideration of what might be most helpful now and in the future. It's tricky, and we have tricky brains. Compassion takes a wherewithal to understand suffering and how to alleviate it, to try, and then to try again. It's the sweet spot between being warm, kind, understanding, and with good boundaries. Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed thinking about all this, please like this video and subscribe to my channel. And if you feel so inclined, please comment with your thoughts on the matter.
I really appreciate the comments and enjoy engaging in the conversation around cultivating a compassionate life, including your concerns. I'll see you in the next one.